0: Hello and welcome to the Divine Renovation Podcast, where we seek to inspire and equip you to bring your parish from maintenance to mission. Uh, Today, I'm your host, Mike Tanner, and I have a few friends here today for a fun episode of the podcast. Fun. Uh, Fun. Fun. It will be fun. I promise it'll be fun. Trust me. Uh, so first, on my right, I've got Rob McDowell, one of our coaches. Hello, Mike. And are you going to force me to have fun, or is that my case? Mike- <laughs> it uh, it's on the agenda. Oh, that we're, we're, we're kicking off with inside fun. jokes. This we'll be good. having fun from roughly <laughs> 11.31 to 11.37, and then we'll get into more uh, functional things. Okay. Uh, so we also have uh, President of Minor Innovation, uh, Dan O'Rourke. <laughs> I
1: always schedule my fun.
0: <laughs> uh, and we also have a Director of Coaching, Ron Huntley. Thanks for being here today, Ron. You're welcome. So uh, we're, we're laughing about fun, and we, we've made a few inside jokes already about it, but today's uh, podcast is about something that everyone enjoys. Everyone. <laughs> everyone on the whole planet enjoys. It's super fun. It's super enjoyable. Today, we're talking about icebreakers, <laughs> uh, and, and specifically, we're asking, you know, at what point in the process of what you're doing are, are icebreakers no longer necessary? At what point can you get rid of the fun part that everyone enjoys uh, and move on to the next stage? So, so really... When do we not need fun the, the icebreakers anymore? <laughs> I think the question we need to
2: ask to pitch to, to set that up is why do we do icebreakers? Like Why do we do them? Anyway? And
1: when. I mean, like, oh, let's sure. not make too many assumptions about people understanding when we might choose to do icebreakers.
2: Sure. And everything starts with a why. And so, why do we do icebreakers? Because we often—I see this happen all the time—and not just in the church. I see it in business all the time. I see it in volunteer organizations. You know, it's because we're involved with it. We've been involved with it for a while. We almost know each other's names and know about each other. And it's 100% not true. It's a terrible assumption to make. And so, so often when I come into circles, I'm extroverted, as those of uh, you who know me, that's uh, obvious. Um, but I—I br- I will naturally break the ice and. I assume people know each other because they've been together for a long time, and they don't, and I see it in churches all the time. And so I think we, just because we're together, we think we know each other and people are comfortable with one another, and it's the wrong assumption. In fact, I would suggest the complete opposite assumption needs to take place, and that's why icebreakers make sense. I'm going to assume that people don't know each other very well. I'm going to assume that you forgot that person's name that you should know by now. I'm going to make all those assumptions so that I can make it easy for us to connect, have fun, and bring down people's guards so that we can enter into whatever we're doing from a spirit of humility and stress-free. Because sometimes when people come together in groups, and I know even as an extrovert, when I get together with people in groups, I feel awkward. I need something to break that tension so that I'm not so self conscious and that I can just enter in. And so that's my why. What are your guys' thoughts?
0: Rob, you're a lover of icebreakers. I've been told that this is a big uh, this is something you do just at home for fun and all the time at dinner. What, what, uh, what do you have to say about the topic of icebreakers today?
3: I'd like to say I don't disagree with uh, anything Ron said, uh, despite the fact that it might sound like I will later on. <laughs> No, I think I think uh, I think helping people connect relationally is 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 very important. My my challenge or my kickback or my ah, you know, whatever that might be, is in in church context is knowing what your beginning point is with people. And I've seen particularly when it comes to visitors or people that are new to church right. being forced into experiences uh, that were uncomfortable. And an, a lot of times, churches will do things in the name of being hospitable. And it has the exact opposite effect. Yeah.
2: Cringe factor through the roof. Yeah. Yeah.
3: yeah. And so, so like, for example, I I mean, when I coach, I, I encourage, you know, senior leadership teams to take a few moments to connect relationally beforehand, you know, things, things along those lines. And, and to your point, Mm. I'm surprised. Well, and, and I shouldn't be, but, your point is right on because all the time you meet people in churches that don't know each other. Like how often, <laughs> you know, two people have been going to church five, six, seven years, never cross paths. Yes. You know, so, so I, I don't disagree with that. I just think at the same time, you need to have discernment of when you're going to use them or how you're going to use them. Amen. And that, you know, the beginning point. And if, if there's a group particularly and I've always got my radar up for people that are new to church. And, and if, if people are new to church, anytime that they feel they're being forced into an experience and they don't feel like they have the control, there's a good chance you're going to lose them. So that's, so good. That that's, that's my big stand up on the table and, and shout out to be careful, you know? And so, that my, my, my my frame of reference is slightly different to where
2: I'm coming from with that, but to your point, what you said earlier, I don't disagree with any of that. And that's one of the reasons like I loved when we worked together at St. Benedict Parish, Rob and I in the senior leadership <laughs> team, we always valued Rob's perspective because, man, I'm telling you, 99 times out of 100, you would help us think completely differently because you really do have a sensitivity to people who aren't in a church culture. And it really helped us think differently. And so to take that same perspective to these icebreakers is exactly what right. Be tasteful. Don't be weird. Like, it, have fun. Like, bring people to a place of fun and encounter and engagement. But without being completely corny and, and, and have that cringe factor go up. And so that's, yeah, I love that. I love mm. that. Well, you can bring those two things together. What's your position on it, Daniel? <laughs> <laughs> so I, I look at icebreakers and I put
1: them in the same category as going to the dentist, which is to say <laughs> uh, you might not want to do it, <laughs> uh, but you'll regret it if you don't. And so I, I, I think <laughs> That's an it, it's, it's not something I look forward to. My jaw tends to tense up a little bit. Uh, you know, the very fact that someone's talking about icebreakers is, is not putting me in a happy space. Nevertheless, I recognize that there's a lot of benefit to them in terms of, of both building the right kind of culture and also breaking, breaking through some boundaries that we might otherwise set up.
2: When you say that, That's a really good point. Literally stop saying it. We're going to do an icebreaker Mm. right now. Don't even say it. Just say, hey, there's something I'd like you to do. I want you to turn to the person Mm -hmm. next to you. Just enter into it. Don't announce it. I'm going to do something that probably half of you aren't going to like to do. Are you ready?
1: Like, don't do that. That strategy hasn't worked with my dentist. He doesn't just start drilling.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, this isn't the dentist. What are you doing? (laughs) Wait. slightly metaphor is breaking down. (laughs) This
0: is what I love about Dan. Dan always introduces a metaphor that at the core sounds great. And the more you explore that metaphor, you go... (laughs) So it's getting really weird. Like I, <laughs> every every illustration has a breaking point. It's just, it's just a principle of communication. Yeah, I, I it's one of the things that I think is really interesting is like I've I worked you know in the corporate world for a long time and I worked at different things and you'd see on an agenda for a meeting okay for this agenda uh from ten fifteen to ten eighteen icebreaker and you're like why why would you put that on an agenda like why wouldn't you say something like coming together period or coming together time or like mm. you know share like something that that I like what we
1: did with, with you, man, and on our, our staff retreat.
0: <laughs> they, I, I, will, I will quickly share this story. So, so we, we had a staff retreat, and, and we had a lot of blasts. And, and some, of the, some of the people know that I, you know, I play a lot of games, and I do a lot of sort of fun things. So Joe uh, called me about two weeks before the thing and said, I was wondering if on the first night between 8 and 10, you could be fun. Uh, if we could have some fun during that exact time. And uh, and it was, honestly, it was a blast. Like we ended up having a really, really good time and uh, and doing some things that didn't feel like, that's the other thing for me is I don't like icebreakers that feel like icebreakers. I like things that feel like this is something fun that we can enjoy because that's what it's supposed to be. It's supposed to get you loosened up and enjoying yourself and getting to know people. But when you say like, okay, we're going to have an icebreaker, you're also saying like, there's a lot of ice. And we're going to have to break through that. You're immediately setting up is that there's a problem that we have and we need to get through that. Instead of just saying, like, what if meetings started or ended or in the middle had some sort of enjoyable experience? What if we had fun and got to know people as part of the process? I think that's a shift from what we typically do. I love that.
2: And I think doing at the beginning is helpful because it just, again, the goal is I want you to be you. Mm -hmm. Like the goal for me for those mixers is I want you to be free to be you and know that you're accepted, cared for, and i just want you to be loose. Uh, that's that's the goal i have. And so and there's just copious amounts of places you can go to find ideas and and and, and sometimes the icebreakers can be serious. Mm-hmm. You can ask somebody, you know, what was your biggest challenge in 2019 or 2020 or what's your biggest goal this year. And that's an icebreaker. It just helps you to understand somebody a little bit more, gets them talking and gets them out of themselves and it creates a safe space and yeah. Yeah. So they can be fun and crazy. They can be serious in nature. There's a lot of different, they can be physical. I remember one time when we were doing an icebreaker with uh, St. Benedict and, and Divine Renovation Ministries together, uh, Jen was responsible, and you had to write something that somebody didn't know about you on a piece of paper and then crumple it up. And then when she said go, we literally threw them like snowballs, and they, you got people ripping these paper at each other. It was so funny. It felt like a kid. And then when she said stop, you opened it up, and you had to read it out loud, and you had to figure out who did you think that was about, mm-hmm. and that was hilarious. And there are just so many fun ways, and that's people that have been
0: working together for years. So those those are really good ways to do it Right. Let's say, Rob. What are some ways that you've seen it done wrong? What are some things that you've seen in icebreakers that you've been like you have upped to the cringeworthy factor or the un- discomfort factor to a non-enjoyable level? What are some ways that people get icebreakers wrong in your in your experience?
3: Yeah, I think anytime a group's coming together and they're meet, a lot of people are meeting new people for the first time, and anytime it's putting people on the spot. Like I've I've been in, you know, there's been a. a uh, a number of different settings, you know, like I spent over a decade doing youth ministry. Right. And so youth pastors are famous for or youth ministers are famous for games and all that sort of stuff. Right. And, and I saw so often, uh, kids put on the spot that were new to youth group,
0: Mm -hmm. you know, and Mm -hmm.
3: stuff like that. And so, you know, uh, bringing people together in a way that's like, yeah, ask a basic question where they get to know each other, you know, finding basic information out about people, things like that. But sometimes, you you said earlier sometimes they can be physical Well, sometimes you make people do things in public or in front of the group you know that's embarrassing to them that's that's challenging to them you know um you know anytime again the the the, the tension that i always try to 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 live between is we value you are here but you're in control of your experience and i think anytime we communicate we don't value you here that's a problem and i think anytime we take Your the control of your experience away from you. That's a problem. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, um, anything, anytime an icebreaker communicates that to people, I would say a, a lot of what you're trying to do with an icebreaker is you're trying to create an atmosphere of hospitality a little bit where people are trying to get to know each other. People are trying to, you know, and, and make the environment safe. So anytime you, I think you violate those principles Um, then that's going to be challenged and it's going to have a a
2: negative effect on the group. That's a good point because sometimes it's going to be hospitality if there's new people and then we still do it as a team. Uh, And so there's no new, well, there is new people all the time as we continue to grow, but let's assume we weren't. (laughs) You know, and sometimes it's just to help us to get to know each other better and lower the, you know, help people leave behind whatever emotionally they're bringing to that meeting. And so there can be different reasons to have the icebreaker and that might change the type of icebreaker you choose. So that's a, that's a good way to differentiate, you know, in this setting, what are we trying to do? Mm. And yeah. And so, who's our audience? Yeah. Yeah.
3: Love yeah. It. Like, lovely. like if we're doing a leadership summit, say at St. Benedict, okay, that's a different starting point for me. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Then, uh, then say an alpha table, right? Right. You know things things along those lines you know if 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 someone's in leadership even if they're an introvert i'm going to feel a little bit more freedom to have them do something that requires talking or have you know things along those lines but if it's a new team or it's uh people that are new to leadership or people you know new to the church people you know whatever the environment is um you know because i've been in in some churches where they have a new to the church event you know and we don't do this at Saint Benedict, but the new to SPP event I've been in similar environments to that where they did icebreakers. that was one of the dumbest things they ever did you know <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: and, tell us what you really think <laughs> <laughs>
3: and uh, and and you know there's 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 actually a fair amount of um, in leadership or uh, research now on what churches are some of the trends that churches are doing to reverse the things that they did twenty years ago to try to make their churches Hospitable and welcoming, they're now reversing those trends because they realized that they had a negative effect on it. Mm. And so, and again, cringy did it. Yeah, and then that's outside of icebreakers a little bit, but I think it's the same principle because you're 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 wanting people. You know, to your point, uh, Ron, you want to get people. You know, you want to create an environment where people can get to know each other. They're hearing their stories. They're growing in relationship. They're growing in, you know, and and when you understand that and you, but you trust the process of what healthy relationships look like, and you say this is a tool that's going to help facilitate that versus when you force it, you know, anytime you try to force people into a relationship, uh, that a lot of times will have the, the absolute
0: opposite effect. Mm. So Dan- even done, sorry, Mike, go ahead. Oh, well, I was just going to say, I was going to ask Dan Uh-oh. about a, a good trip to the dentist, if you will. <laughs> uh, so I, I was going to ask Dan, it, it was when, when has it, you, you have an experience of an icebreaker or a getting to know you type activity that you really enjoyed and what was it about that experience that you actually liked? So I, I can't give you
1: a straight answer because I suspect uh, you know something you said earlier, Ron, really really caught my attention. I suspect the best icebreaker I've ever been in, I didn't even realize I was in an icebreaker. And so, you know, it was just a time when we were having fun, that there was something on the agenda that was goofy or or entertaining, and whether it was a team meeting or whether it was a a, a church event or whatever, I was in an icebreaker and I didn't even know it. And I suspect that was my favorite icebreaker because that's how I like my dentist trips to go, which is to say, I didn't even know I was there. (laughs) I like to go to
0: McDonald's and order a burger. (laughs) I just imagine your dentist, like you're just home, you're sitting at home, <laughs> All of a sudden your dentist just, oh, okay, that was perfect. <laughs> Didn't even see you coming.
1: I hired ninjas to do my dental work.
0: <laughs> so what are, if, if we're, if, I mean, I, I hear a lot of different things. I hear that there's some great advantages to icebreakers. And I hear that there's some ways we can really use them to grow people and to grow relationships. And I also hear there's some ways that we can really turn people away from them. So uh, w- what are some of the, what are some of the biggest tips you could give on what's the best way to, to do those two things and not and not combat them together so what's what's a way that you can that we haven't talked about necessarily that you can really make it impactful in a, in a really positive way um how, how do you what, what's what's your favorite thing to to do to get people working together on the same page and, and coming together as part of a relationship
2: well I, I think I'm gonna tackle it' um, from one angle and I'll leave the other two to to tackle it from the others but if, if maybe if it's for Facilitating, if you've new people, if your audience is new people coming together, uh, and you assign somebody to, to do a mixer of some sort, get them to do it in a team of two. And so, because we always we only, we can only look at the world through our own lens, and we might think something's just fine. Where if somebody else was in on the conversation, we might make a different decision. And so, if it's new people, be hypersensitive to the cringe factor. But you know what? I'd be I'd say be incredibly bold in safer settings where if it's your staff or or Mm -hmm. key leaders and and let people let people innovate like don't be so uptight about the cringe factor because we can because you have the relationships are strong enough that you can laugh it off but I would allow people to innovate because you'd be surprised what people can come up with when they're not afraid to fail and so don't put so many limits on it that we have to worry about everybody's opinion because that will shut people down. And I don't, we don't want to shut people down. So be super sensitive when there's new people. Be more bold and, and innovative when it's people that already have a strong relationship. That's, that's yeah. what I would suggest. Yeah.
3: yeah. Be careful not to manage by the lowest common denominator. Yes. Yeah. Kind of that effect. Yeah. No. no I, would, I would certainly uh, agree with that. Again, I think what part of the, the beginning point should be okay, what can we do that's going to help facilitate connection? Because right? ultimately that's what you're trying to do. You're trying to help people get to meet people, whether that's first time or get to get to know people better, you know whatever that is. And one of the, one of the more neutral things is, is how can you create uh, something that, that's maybe a, a, a common experience that maybe a table experiences together. And some people are more involved and less people are involved, but everybody's doing it as a common experience and no one feels put on the spot. Mm-hmm. You know, generically, a lot of times, if if you can create some things like that, but um, you know, that would be you know kind of one of the beginning points. But I would say, you know, if if it's a if it's a group that's been together for a while, or maybe it's a group that's formed, we'll say, mm-hmm. uh, you know, a leadership team or whatever it is. What's what's the next step for this group? You know, they walk in. They, they know each other. They know each other's kids, generally speaking. They know, you know, so, you know, what, what would be a next step for, for that group if it's not necessarily you're dealing with new people? So it's just, it's just thinking in terms of, okay, where are they at? How can we help them move the ball down the field a little bit further and things like that? Around that, and at the end of the day, there may be times when you don't get it right, and that's okay. It's not the end of the world if you do create <laughs> something that that people are challenged by. Right. you learn from it move on you know so I, I think again, I acknowledge what you said. you can be so fearful and so sensitive to you know group dynamics that you never do anything. I would certainly say that 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 I would affirm that as a possibility, but what's
2: a what's a good next step for the group of people that you're working with? One of the things that I really enjoyed. Actually, I didn't enjoy it, <laughs> but I'm glad we did it. Perfect. was in our family-friendly connect group when we have kids. You know, we want to try to include the children <clears throat> in the icebreaker when we can. Now, we don't always do it, but the summer is a great time because sometimes we'll go outside. and some of the, I remember one of the icebreakers it's just so goofy. But for the kids to see the parents being physically goofy Mm -hmm. and challenged, they're killing themselves. We're creating a memory for those kids, and it forces us to get way outside our comfort zone in terms of goofiness. You know, we're singing this children's song, and we're going up and down, and we're challenging each other, and there's a competition, and the kids are. And none of that was comfortable for me in the sense that, man, I'm telling you, if anybody videoed that and put it online, you know, you'd it just hilarious right but those kids loved it mm-hmm. and again it's back to rob's point of who's your audience and so you know i i don't mind getting out of my comfort zone if the purpose is going to be to create memories and bring people together and and so again that's a different context as a connect group but these are they, they, there's so many i literally would do it every night at the supper table with my kids. Mm -hmm. And that literally, you know, we were joking about that. Ron does it every day. Well, he literally does. (laughs) And one of the things I do it. Okay. What's our high low for today? What was the best thing that happened to you? And what was the biggest struggle? And literally every night and the things you'd hear from your kids, you wouldn't have heard if you just said, Hey, how was school today? Did you learn anything?
0: It's such a, that's such a different (laughs) thing. Like for, for years when my kids started the first few years, I, I would try what did you what did you like about school today? Did you have fun? What, what How was school? What did you learn today? Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> didn't do anything. I'm um, assuming we just came to this building and we stopped and we did everything. And we had, I had someone say um, this this relationship of uh, what was your apple and what was your onion? Um, oh. Which was like, what was the thing today that you were like, yeah, that's great. And what was the thing that left kind of a bit of a bitter taste in your mouth? <laughs>
2: that's a good And one.
0: I had someone who with the slightly older kids asked specifically, like, what was something that you are so glad today that happened? And what was something that if you could go back and change, you would? Um, and so it let them think through the day and kind of, you know, think about it. And I'll be honest, after a little while, the kids got wise that I was asking them the same question I was before and they figured it out and they've, they've now said nothing, nothing, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, whatever. But I think understanding context is is so important as we go through these things, like the way we're going to do an icebreaker for a brand new group of people is different than the way we're going to do an icebreaker for our team meetings that we have. Mm -hmm. And I think also understanding that there's a, there's an ability, especially when you're dealing with, um, more formed teams there's a way that you can take the information you get from an icebreaker and actually use it to move forward with your team like when you start to hear like oh well this was Ron's greatest accomplishment or this was Ron's Mm -hmm. biggest struggler this was this you start to actually think about that when you're actually working with those individuals and working as a team and going well how can I how can we use this so um Dan, I'm going to give the closing comments on icebreakers to you. You've heard Mm. different sides of the conversation today on why icebreakers are probably the greatest thing ever invented uh, at a meeting (coughs) and why (laughs) icebreakers are dangerous beyond all belief. And you have originally (laughs) shared with us your idea that there is a dentist who... Yeah, Th- yeah. uh, <laughs> N... <laughs> specializes <laughs> in icebreakers. Ninja specialize in icebreakers. What are your closing thoughts on icebreakers <laughs> for, uh, for us today?
1: M- my favorite, the icebreakers I find um, most memorable, to, to Ron's point, and the ones that I think stay with me the lo- longest tend to be the ones with the most laughter. And uh, I, I do think that, you know, when we take time as organizations uh, to, to allow for, uh, for for laughter to be part of the agenda... Where we actually we, we were intentional about, you know, let's make let's make space for fun as a as a as a people as a group of people who work together, serve together. Let's make space and be intentional about about having those environments where we can be fun and, and laughing and joking. We we recently had a, a guest here at the office and, and one of his his key comments, his key takeaways was as he after he spent some time around the office, he said, It's a lot of laughter in that place. Hmm. And I thought, yeah, you know what? There is. There's a lot of laughter here in the around Mike.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I scheduled in some laughter from three PM to five PM. We
1: really put the it's laughter here. in the right point on yeah, the agenda yeah. that day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Whenever a guest comes, it's usually yeah, yeah. the laughter of that 15-minute window overlaps. But I, I do think it, it's you know, our culture is is in part shaped by the, the things that we we create space for. And if we create space for fun, we create space for laughter. I think we're gonna create an environment, a culture where those things are not just Um, not just present, but are expected. And so I think, you know, as a result, I think there's space uh, in in every organization, certainly in every parish for for icebreakers.
0: Well, I want to thank everyone so much for the conversation today, and I want to thank you for tuning in today. And uh, I want to give you a little bit of homework. I know that sounds terrible homework and icebreakers. So we're really leaning into the fun today. Uh, but what I want you to do is the next time that you come together as a group, I want you to think of the w- things you can do and how you can do them to bring your team closer together. And I want to thank you for listening to the podcast today. And we'll see you next week. God bless. DR20 brings together parishes and pastors from across the world. This year, every attendee will receive a free year's membership to the Divine Renovation Network our library of video resources for coaching, leadership, and parish renewal. For more details, go to divinerenovation.org/dr20